Escape Games Podcast. This is our bonus level one, Life is Strange edition. Uh, I am Shane O'Hare, and I'm surrounded by, as usual, the Geekscape Games host. Uh, we got Derek Cranevelt. Hello. And uh, Josh Jackson. Hey, everyone. And Juan Carlos. I'm sounding very crispy today, so I apologize. C- crispy. Is it extra crispy sensitive? Extra yeah. crispy. <laughs> like double like down levels of crispy. <laughs> That was, like, that was actually a line from the game, if you guys don't remember. Really? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I thought it, it stuck out at me because I thought it was fucking hilarious. Whoa. All right. Well, uh, the folks at Square Enix were very uh, nice to give us codes for episode one of Life is Strange. Now, I talked about it uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast. I posted the uh, announcement trailer. It is a game very much in the vein of like Telltale's Walking Dead, where you're decisions and conversations and whatever affects, you know, um, the goings-on of the game. But the big gimmick of this game is that your actions in the present affect your future, but they also affect your past. And it's a very interesting um, uh, time-rewind mechanic in the game. Um, I do want to preface this episode. Um, This is just about Life is Strange, so we're not going to be talking about news or anything else. We're going to have a regular episode this week as well. It's also uh, going to be full of spoilers, so if, yes. you, if you haven't played the game, I'd stop listening anytime now. Um, I, you know, I, f- I don't know how you guys feel, but I would say definitely check it out. Um, you know, yeah. I feel like we can say that because that's not spoiling anything, but don't listen any further until you've played it. But I would recommend playing it because I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I the am, worst um, thing about the game was knowing just... that we have to wait six more weeks to play the next part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I uh, we'll we'll get into it, but I would say definitely pick it up. I uh, think. And there will be there will be a written review up on Geekscape.net in the next few days as well. So look out for that. I'll try to keep it as spoiler free as possible. And if you yeah. guys want to, if you three want to throw any additional thoughts in there, just email them to me, oh, and I will I definitely add that. Yep. I was uh, thinking about doing this... uh, I thinking about doing a trophy guide for it. Oh, cool. oh, nice. That would be really good. That'd be really good. I was just getting trophies at random, um, but that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, this is the first time I've ever taken notes while playing a game. <laughs> uh, and I have uh, six pages of um, like notepad size paper of notes. I, I just uh, thought it was I just thought it was funny because you you mentioned this game on the podcast what four weeks ago or something like that. A while that? ago. Yeah. A while ago. And I for some reason I did not watch the trailer that you posted, even though you were like, This is super cool and you even posted it on Geekscape and I was like, I'm just gonna ignore this because it has it doesn't look, you know, it doesn't sound that interesting for some reason. And then I don't know how oh, I saw like a review for it the other day and I read that review and I was like, This sounds amazing. I have to play this and then yeah, and I thought you know, just based on the description and, and, and the synopsis and stuff like that, I was like, this sounds like a game that would probably garner a lot of discussion. So I thought it'd be really cool mm-hmm. to get together with you guys and kind of just throw all our thoughts out on it. And uh, So yeah, so if this episode is absolutely ter- terrible, it's Derek's fault. It was his idea. Blame me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's just get into it. Um, um, my, uh, my opinion on it, I, I didn't like the game at all until the very very end and then i wanted to play it more mm. so um, what what turned it around for you what turned it around was that the very end the very last sequence where you're up on the lighthouse with when, chloe when you grab the newspaper and you're like <gasps> yeah when yeah. when all that that shit happened right at the end and it just led up to the next episode i'm like okay i'm hooked yeah but leading up to it i was i was like a roller coaster i was like really in in love with it, absolutely hated it. There was times where I'm like, I don't even want to finish this this game. Really? 
the the biggest complaint I have of it is it feels like it was written and designed by somebody in their early 60s that thinks the world of teenagers is exactly how Diablo Cody writes her films. <laughs> see, I I've, see. I've read I've read that opinion a few times in in like looking at the game since then and i feel like i actually really disagree with that because i've you know i've hung around with you know i i'm not that old i'm 24 you know i i you know not that far away from you guys i think shane you're 24 as well aren't you i, I turned 26 in a few weeks oh okay so i'm uh, and josh 29 but the oh, thing jesus. is i go to i go to community <laughs> oh, jesus it's like I go to community college with like eighteen year olds, so yeah. So Josh, yeah. So and I, you know, I work with, uh, you know, I'm the the people that I work with at my day job are like eighteen, nineteen, twenty. You know, up until a while back, I was, you know, dating someone younger than me, and uh, for you know, people fucking talk like that. And I thought, and, and that was the big, that was the biggest thing is that people online are just saying and saying like, this dialogue feels so stilted. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like they watched Juno a hundred times and just worked that into the script or whatever. But there were so many things that I was like, yeah, this is exactly how these teenagers talk. Um, so maybe Shane, if you disagree, you're just getting too old and you don't know what hip is anymore. Well, I, and I thought, I thought that was, was the case, but, um, I, I, you know, realized that I'm fairly with it. Uh, I, I, play, I disagree I play, with that too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I'm a DJ. I play music for the hip kids. I know all the new lingo and everything. So, but there um, are, there aren't. It sounds any like bro- something an old person would say. There aren't any bronies in the game either, so I don't know how in touch you would be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of getting a brony vibe from that dude that sketched me. Oh, see, yeah, I, I never got. I, ne- I missed. That I never part got completely. sketched. But yeah, wow. I, so I that's, on, that's like, awesome. That, I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. I just was going to say, I saw it on the game completion screen on all mm-hmm. the choices I made and didn't make, and it said I didn't let him sketch me. And I'm like, who the fuck was supposed to sketch me? I didn't see shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, there's one thing in the journal where there's a bunch of pictures that you can take. And I only think I got three of them out of like the six or seven that were there. Yeah, I missed is, a lot of those too. Which is why I really like games like this, is that you can have your own unique narrative experience but i totally but, agree but back to my opening statement i really felt like it was it was written and designed by somebody way too old that only exposure to kids of you know the the subject age is a diablo cody film um they i specifically took a note um the one girl chloe kept using hella kept saying hella oh man we got hella busted hella 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 and i'm like Bitches is in two thousand four. Nobody, nobody says hella anymore. Like, see, maybe, maybe the U.S. is just way more progressive than Canada. But I hear hella on a daily basis, um, <laughs> like more than once a day. And I'm not I even hear, joking. Like, I hear it fairly like frequently maybe, too. Well, and it's this obvious. This game was written by French dudes, you know. So maybe the French have more in common with Canada. But I, I have to say, like the dialogue was really like on, like on point for for Canadian teens. <laughs> I guess there's there was two like uh, like so many like and I just every single almost every single line like there was no line where I was like that sounds stupid and no one would ever say that like this is all stuff that it's like yeah this is totally you know a lot of this is not as embarrassing as what I actually hear people say now did you guys play with subtitles on yeah yeah no okay so there was there there was um for me there was two things that were glaring pop outs um when you're um playing as uh, well, you play as this girl Maxine, who discovers she has the ability to rewind time. She's having um, this uh, this dream, and she wakes up in in her photography class at this university, the Blackwell University. Um, and then 
you leave the school, see somebody get shot, and then you find out you can rewind time, and then that's when the game ostensibly starts. But but back on the, the subject of how everything, f- the dialogue felt disjointed, there was, a, there was a part where you're out in the yard talking to one of your classmates, the girl with the New Jersey uh, hooded sweatshirt on, and she, they were referring to the clique of girls, um, Victoria and her friends, and she referred to them as the cool kids. No, no, no. And I'm not saying that, like, you know, oh, the cool kids. I mean, we, everybody uses that. But the subtitle is specifically spelled cool with a K. And for some reason, I was like, that's really fucking obnoxious. And, and then later, when you're with Chloe in her room, and she's like, oh, put on some music. And she, she says, hey, are you ready to rock out? And the subtitle spells rock, R-A-W-K. And for, I hate Diablo Cody and her writing and her pretentious shit. But and this movie just screamed of it, so that's maybe why I don't like it. And I, I think it was. Lo- okay, go no, go you, finish. You're gonna go say ahead. you love no, Diablo go. Cody? I, lo- I love Juno. Juno's. Did you see my Halloween costume this year? Yeah, I did, and I was yeah. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> and then at and, and then at one point, Maxine says, "Are you are you cereal?" And which just reminds me of something out of Juno, like ah, oh, cheese and rice, man, cheese and rice. Again, I hear cereal all the time. Um, I was just gonna say that's the first time I have to disagree with Derek and agree with Shane. That was like the only thing that I, they said it, and I was like, "Who the fuck says cereal?" Is it a Canadian thing? <laughs> like, probably once a day I hear someone say it, or even I see it, I see it like typed out. Like, but I do, I like, I hear cereal all the time. I would never say it, but I do hear it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. I don't know. Just the dialogue just felt at times really bad, and I'm not saying don't play the game. Play it and have your own opinion because obviously Derek enjoys it, um, and then you know Josh enjoys it. One, what did you think about the dialogue? Um, as a teacher, you're a high school, you're a high school yeah. teacher, so yeah. So I, I have a, and again, I apologize for my voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, here we go. My big thing that stood out, not the dialogue, but the, the school. Why is it that every school in a video game or a TV show? can't afford proper lighting. Like it's it's always fucking way too dim. And I'm like, number one, uh, you're in a fucking private school. You can afford a light bulb. <laughs> like and secondly, what where can I teach where the student body in my class is eight kids? Yeah, like, I know. I, like I want that job. Like, oh here here are eight students. We're gonna have a department for photography that only has <laughs> ten or eight kids. Like really, who's gonna fund that? Maybe like, in maybe enrollments down, and that's why they couldn't afford a light bulb. <laughs> Probably. But I'm you like, also Holy have to. Shit. You also have to keep in mind that you're comparing it to LA schools where they pack like sixty kids well, into a classroom. I have all my kids. My biggest class was forty. I wow. Have, uh, every other class I have is thirty-eight. So that's my daily daily life. So like you're used you're used to game, those big numbers. And I'm like, you know, you know why this is a video game. I can believe the time travel shit before I believe there's a school where I can have eight kids <laughs> in a classroom. <laughs> that, like, so now I know this is fucking a work of fiction, not the time travel <laughs> shit. No, there's a kid where there's a bunch of like photographers wannabes and there's only eight of them. And some nineties famous photographer has a sweet kick ass job where he teaches these pretentious little girls who use outdated words like hella and some hipster <laughs> chick who loves taking photographs on a Polaroid fucking camera. Like, I know, right? <laughs> like, that, like, that's the thing. That's the thing is that the main character uses a, like a, a Polaroid Instamatic. Yeah. And, and it, then, uh, then I, I'm reading, I read her entire journal. 
I sat there for 20 minutes and read the whole thing. And I'm thinking, number one, you should just give up photography if you're going to bitch about it and go into writing because you can spell and your grammar is on point. So give that up and go into writing. Like, that's where your future is, girly. You're in the wrong fucking classroom. Your counselor seriously fuck shit up. So she should, life is strange, yeah, because I'm in the wrong major. <laughs> but, but uh, and um i did i did um i no i i did take a note when um uh i i noticed that the class the photography class was super tiny and i was like man this teacher and the the words that i wrote down here are uh, this te- this teacher's attractiveness is unrealistic the teacher is one level hot so <laughs> i mean it's true he was he was he was pretty uh, cute he was pretty cute um and uh, yeah, I, there's just if I, I keep going back to the same sentence, but it feels like it feels like a, a school setting and a class setting that would have been great and acceptable on the CW. Like it, it feels like it could be a CW sitcom or sitcom or show. Um, the CW has got some rocking shows right now. Yeah, Come they on. do, but but the CW is pretty far from reality. Uh, this game is about time travel. I think it's supposed to be far from reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so just since see that's why I, I was really stoked to do this podcast because I felt like right from the beginning it was going to be a very divisive game yeah and that's it sounds like that's you know what it, it has been yeah um, and I I can't I can't wait to pick it up uh, episode for, two for me um, but after like the the beginning oh, okay. intro you're pretty you're pretty much oh, oh no go ahead sorry Derek no I was there's, just, there's like some Skype delay so oh, okay I was gonna like say I was into it right from the beginning like i it totally felt yeah indie movie and uh a lot of indie movies feel like they try to be indie movies these days and this i totally got that vibe from it too like the music which i loved i love the music and but yeah totally indie movie music um right from the credits though i felt like the presentation and um i love the art style too like like it was head and shoulders above you know the the telltale engine and like the walking dead graphics and audio and stuff like that like and the voice acting was stellar i thought yeah, for the most really part really good job really really like yeah, as, I, as soon I, as it, as soon as it opened up in the classroom i was just like holy crap like this is this is phenomenal voice acting yeah no there's there was only i only had one complaint that that some of maxine's responses just didn't sound like she believed in what she was saying okay but the voice acting was still on point except for there was a character Alyssa. um that uh, you stop from getting hit by a football out in the dormitory yards. Her voice was whoever was. She, she sounded her, kind of really bored. Yeah, she sounded. Yeah, uh, the voice actor sounded a bit bored to be. Yeah. Performing. Yeah. She sounded uh, like the fat girlfriend from American Dad. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Steve had for like a season or two. Like that yeah, sc- that, like that incarnation of her. So I was like, I couldn't get out of my head. Yeah. Josh, <laughs> what did you What did you think about the voice acting, Josh? Um. I thought the voice acting was really strong considering especially how this really seems like more of a lower budget production. Um, kind of echoing mm-hmm. what Derek was saying mm-hmm. from the presentation, yeah, the um, voice acting. The, you, you mentioned the, the, the graphics script and the art I style. even thought sounded oh, like like it oh, was sorry, Josh, there's Skype delay. pretty spot on with how I hear kids talk. So I don't know what kind of kids you're hanging around. But, um, but yeah, just overall, I just felt like I got really it took me a little while to get into it. Uh, just because it does kind of start off a little slow because they don't introduce the time travel stuff right away. And maybe depending how much you explore, it could be within the first two minutes or the first like half hour. Um, but 
once it started kind of kicking in and the flow of the game started, I was completely mm-hmm. hooked onto it and I was just bought in completely with the characters. And that's mostly because of the presentation and the voice acting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, I, I was playing it with a headset too. And, um, oh, I bet that it, sounded really good. Yeah. It sounded pretty fantastic. But with, uh, like right at the beginning with like that, when that lightning hits, like before even the credits come on or whatever, like scared the hell out of me. Dude, I, ju- I literally jumped and threw my controller out of my lap. Oh, I jumped too. Yeah. Cause it was, it was just unexpected and like right in my ears. So I thought that was cool. But I, I thought the fa- introduction was fantastic. Like with the storm and like <laughs> that, just, that, just, that tornado, like it, it, that, the, the beginning part where you walk up to the, the lighthouse and there's that giant fucking tornado out in the water. I was like, I was like, whoa, I really want to see what is going on. I had a huge vanishing of Ethan Carter vibe looking yeah. out looking out over the, mm. the town and um i think that's probably why i'm interested enough because it reminds me of that game and some of the gimmicks mm-hmm. in it yeah when i felt like you know obviously this is a five episode game and 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 some of what i read people were like yeah not a ton happens and it's pretty you know it's fairly slow it's like a fairly slow burn mm-hmm. until you hit the kind of twist at the end and stuff like that but i mean this is a five episode game and that you know, it's this episode was like two to three hours long. And yeah, it was mostly build up. But, you know, for a game that's going to be what, 10, 12, 13 hours in its end. Yeah, that amount of build up is totally fine. It made me that three hour period made me care about the characters and maybe want to see what happens next and make me want to actually care about the decisions I was making. But I mean, like, I really liked you know, like pretty much as soon as I, you know, when you're sitting at that classroom and you have the ability or the option to look into the journal, as, as Juan mentioned, like I read the whole thing and I was like, this, 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 like, it's just kind of a really cool optional way to just see a little bit into the character's past or what got them here or, or what they're feeling inside or whatever without actually having to, you know, put it in their thoughts or anything like that. And it was, it, it, and that's something that you guys mentioned before. It's cool because it, kind of makes it a more personal cinematic experience because you can either take that and read it and and take something away from it or you could ignore it completely just like you can ignore a lot of the characters or a lot of the choices yeah you know and i i did um uh, they did a really good job at writing some of the characters to be the stereotypical you know like um that girl kate super quiet and she you know uh um you know was really reserved and then there's the girl victoria who i in my notes said Victoria um, is a very, and I wrote a very mean expletive um, that I would like to hate fuck. Um, I could not stand her, but I think they wrote her character perfectly. And then later when you're at the dormitories, the first sort of puzzle where you have to get paint spilled on her so she'll let you in. Yeah, and please um, tell me I that thought, every one of us uh, took a picture of her It was really satisfying to this. get her back, but, but, but the, yeah, no, it, 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 getting her back for her, the way she treated you earlier, it felt really rewarding like oh yeah but then it gave you the option like hey do you want to comfort her or do you want to make fun of her and then i was like well i'll try to be her friend and then yeah, i was, see, I was totally nice to her as well interesting now i did the same thing but see we're four guys and i josh how did you choose that scenario i i chose to rub it in her face fuck that bitch dude <laughs> she, <laughs> she, oh, okay here's my point here's my point real quick is that when you finish the game you see how everybody else responded yeah, who's played it? Overwhelming. It was comfort her. So yeah. it's very interesting to see. I would like to see the the economy of the sex. Like how many of those gamers who are male who are playing from the perspective who are playing an eighteen year old girl chose to be nice. And I'm also curious to see how many female gamers chose to be a bitch. You know, and yeah. it's 
like it just like you know just make fun of her and rub it in her face because I think secretly it was really nice to see. Sorry, Josh. It was really nice to see overwhelmingly people and most of the choices chose to be nice or did the right thing, quote unquote. Yeah. Because you would expect in other games, you know, like that for them to really go like, Oh, I'm going to fuck shit up. I'm going to make sure she dies or humiliate her. That even that little part where you're walking through the dormitories and you see that really mean comment somebody left on the whiteboard, you had the option mm-hmm. to erase that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, how, and then you see how many people decided to erase that. I was like 80% erase the comment. Oh, and put I didn't erase it either. Yeah, I think, I think that's I didn't interesting know. is that, um, yeah, I uh, thought that was very interesting to see at the end. Yeah. Um, sorry to step on you. Um, Skype's being a real bitch tonight. Um, I, I, um, I, in my, about 75% of the way through playing the game, I felt like I wasn't enjoying it. And I was talking with a friend and she said, like, maybe this game was not for you. Um, and, I went to the game thinking it was going to be like a real trippy mind fuck, like Bioshock Infinite or like butterfly effect kind of thing. And um, I guess that's why I wasn't hooked on it until the end when that gimmick that interests me showed up. Um, but like, um, but, but instances like in the hallway where you have the option to, you know, take the, you know, the high road. I did, I did, I did after comforting Victoria, I regretted it because then you find out that she was, uh, trying to steal Dana's boyfriend, um, and like sent that, uh, or no, try to steal um, one of the girl's boyfriend and was blaming it on the, on the girl named Dana. And I'm like, oh, that fucking bitch! <laughs> I should have just rubbed it in her face. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, yeah, totally. And- so, but I, uh, I thought that, um, well, like you said, you were expecting this really kind of trippy, maybe even like sci-fi thing. I, I didn't really know what to expect jumping into it, and kind of looking back and looking at. Well, even looking at the game's title and the kind of the uh, gravity of the choices you make, and even beyond that, I felt like the game felt kind of at its core, at least in this episode, it, like it was almost more of a really interesting like coming of age thing. Like it wasn't at this point, it wasn't as much about like time travel or saving the town or anything like that. It was just that this girl is at this age where she's really figuring out the person that she's going to be for the rest of her life. And, and, and then, all uh, of the major w- decisions that you make largely reflect that. And the time travel aspect just gives you that, you know, option to let me really, really figure this out instead of having to jump on a choice like I would in real life. You know, you you have the opportunity to rewind and really figure out the person you want this girl to become. And, and I guess that's why I didn't like it because those kind of narratives aren't for me. That's not my my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the coming of age story um, just isn't doesn't get me going. I mean, you've never um, you've never so, wanted to grow from a from an adolescent girl into a young woman. I, yeah, we all have. I mean. <laughs> I mean, he's just done it too many times. That's why I kept playing. (laughs) Yeah, I was, I, I was totally into it. Like Shane, you said you weren't that into it because of that aspect. But that I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And maybe, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I have a history where I like playing dead or alive. I had a history where I liked playing dead or alive volleyball because I liked to wear different outfits and put different flowers in my hair every day. So (laughs) that just kind of goes in line, I guess, with that. But I'm glad that I'm not the only one. Don't. And, and don't take my, my negative comments to say that I didn't enjoy the overall package of the first episode. I, I really did. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have some complaints that I, I feel are, are valid. Um, oh, the, totally. Yeah. And then, like, when you get back to, to Chloe's house and you find out the weird mystery with her dad, who's also the school security guard, uh, I was intrigued to find out how that that story played out. That so, dude's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and that leads me to 
to um, the decision making. There's there's points in the game where you are given uh, an option to um, make one of those um, one of the big heavy decisions that's going to alter how the, the future of the game goes. I mean, you can have you can have stuff like uh, you know lead a conversation this way or do this or do that. But there's 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 ones like you know either uh, comfort Victoria or rub it in her face or in this instance of the security guard he was hassling a girl and you either have the option to take a picture of it or step in and intervene. Now at, after these moments, um, right after it's done, it's like okay yeah I'm good in my decision. Like I chose to intervene and step in to keep um, the security guard from bullying her, and but that affected my decision in the future where you're hiding in Chloe's closet. And it's like, do you want to jump out and defend her or just let it happen? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, he already said that he's out to get me. I feel like if he were to see me jump out of the closet, it would exasperate the issue. But my biggest complaint about that is that the game makes you feel like you've made the wrong choice no matter what. Yep. And and I say that like when it's done, like the first time I, I did it, I took a picture. I went up and then uh, you know the security guard walked away. I went up and talked to Kate and you know we had a back and forth. And then the game said okay oh it made me feel like shit and i rewound and changed it and but but yeah it made me feel like shit but then the the thing say again i did not well what what i did is i rewound it made the other option and it's still maxine still has the her her narration says hey what if i made the wrong choice i should go back and and i should rewind and choose the other one no matter what you do for sure isn't that life though don't you always wonder if you made the wrong choice yeah, and 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 that she just has the power to change it. That's pr- that's pretty poignant. But if the game is constantly making you feel like you've made the wrong choice, uh, I f- like I feel like looking back at The Walking Dead, I felt like I always made the wrong choice. I just didn't have the option to change it. And and that that was another thing I, I noticed is that, that the options you had were either they were very binary. It was one or two. In the, in the games like The Walking Dead, you have situations where you can choose four options mm-hmm, and, and they can all be four vastly different uh, scenarios that you're going to go down. But in this one, it's option one or option two. And the game always tells you like, man, that, that you fucked up. You should go do it again. And then you go do it again. And it's like, you fucked up. You should make it again, which in games like the walking dead, I feel me personally that you have these four choices. You can pick whichever one you want. And even though it might not have been the best choice, there's I still no good choices. Felt like, okay, yeah, I I wanted Kenny to punch that guy in the fucking face. You know, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to leave. Uh, you know, blah blah blah, out on the highway. You know, even though that's probably not the smart move to do, that's what I wanted to do. And the game didn't. The game, the game itself didn't punish you for it. I feel like if you, if the characters were like, "Wow, you fucked up, man. You, you know, you you made a really bad move back there." I'm like, okay, yeah. I made a bad move and these other characters aren't happy with it. I have to live with it. But the game itself, the, the narrator is second, uh, second guessing your actions. And that, that was, that was probably my biggest complaint with the game. Well, I think it's just, at least the way I interpreted it is it was just kind of adding to the uncertainty, like, especially since she has the ability to go back and change it. Like Derek said, part of life in general is typically you're always questioning whether or not what you did was the right thing or if you mm-hmm. should have done it different. But since she since she has the ability to immediately change it. how many times do you wish you could it, go back? Yeah. And then since she has the ability to, to immediately change it, it's literally a situation where that thought becomes a lot more prominent because she does have that window where she can change it. So with me, though, when I was approaching it, I tried to just stick to the first choice I made and not go back. Um, just to see, just to try to create a more, I guess, 
or I guess organic. organic experience. The only time I would really rewind it is if I interacted with something like when you were trying to hide um, when her when Chloe's stepdad was trying to come into her room and like you try to go in the closet, you knock over a bunch of crap or you spill the um, I don't remember what it was. I think oil when you snow globe or, the, or yeah, when you break the snow globe and like that kind of stuff when I had no clue that was going to happen. But I mean, other than that, like the actual choices that they give you, um, I was just trying to stick to with whatever I thought uh, was the right choice. And I didn't really let uh, Maxine's comments throw me off. But still, there were certain times where I kind of wanted to go back, like where how did you guys choose to tell on the kid who had the gun to the principal or did you? Yeah, I, yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah, I did too. And it made me feel kind of dumb because then it's like later on they accuse you of lying and then your mom texts you and is like, oh, I hear you're telling lies about honor students. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And I and and then when you talk with Chloe later about it, um, because uh, to explain the, the scenario in the game, there's um, you go to the bathroom after I think was probably one of the best title sequences in a game ever. She, uh, Maxine puts her headphones on. And like walks through the hallway, and there's a very typical like indie music, like folky song playing as like this overture, and like the credits are rolling, and like she's you go up to characters uh, in the school, and she like, introduces you. Oh, this is so and so. He's a jock. Oh, this is so and so. She's a cheerleader. Um, I thought that was really really strong. I enjoyed that a lot. But you go to the bathroom, and you see um, the big affluent like uh, whose parent, this kid's parents, who pretty much run the town. Um, in the bathroom, like having kind of a freak out. And then this girl shows up who turns out to be Chloe, uh, which is your old, old best, best friend. And you see uh, they're having a discussion about monies and drugs and, and obviously uh, just kind of spoon feeding you an introduction to what's going to come out in the later episodes. But you see her get, get shot. And then you, you rewind time and back up in the classroom, have to get out of the classroom, and then you go save her. Um, I... So so you then afterwards are presented with tell the principal or um, keep it to yourself. And I did I did what I thought was the right thing. And I think we all did is you tell you told the principal, yo, this motherfucker's running around with a, a, a that, nine. That's what we teach our kids in school. Yeah. And then in it, it, and, and this, you know, this is a scenario that I liked where the game made you feel like you made the wrong decision. But it was. It wasn't the game punishing you for making the decision. It was the the world that was in the game. So the the principal kind of um, uh, just kind of ignored you and said you were whatever. And he called your mom, and then your mom scolded you. And then when you told Chloe about it, she's like, "Oh yeah, no, you fucked up. That principal is in their pocket, you know, and he's an alcoholic. He's not going to do anything." So th- that sort of abstract punishment, I feel, is acceptable. Does that make sense? As opposed to Maxine constantly the 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 uh, the narrative engine constantly punishing you for it. Yeah, does that make sense? And I guess that <coughs> kind that's kind of my biggest complaint about this game, just as like just as a standalone episode. But I understand at the same time that it's building up towards something later. But by the time it was over, I felt a little bit disappointed that the choices that you make in this one pretty much have no bearing on anything that takes place in this episode as a standalone, um, you know, as a standalone entry. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's kind of like, and I guess that's in a way it's good because it makes me really anxious to play episode two and the episodes that'll, um, come after it all the way up till five. But I'm kind of anxious to see more of what my actions will have an effect on. And for the most part, the actions that you take in this game don't change anything. 
within this particular narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I feel like if we're gonna this this game was heavily influenced by The Walking Dead by Telltale. There's no getting around that. And in the first episode of The Walking Dead, um, there there's a bunch of choices that you make that don't have any uh, effects in the first episode, like like you know you just said, Josh. But there's also big big decisions like in the drugstore, you you have to pick between these two characters who lives or die. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was a good balance. The, the dichotomy of choices that aren't going to be important now, as opposed to choices that are important was really good. But I feel, I feel like it, with this particular game, uh, with life is strange that they're building up for a, a big crescendo. And I, th- this is a really good introduction to what I feel is going to be a, an, an amazing narrative. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I and I did I do like that it took its time with its introduction, but um but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where the choices lead to. Yeah. I thought and I thought the reveal of uh just kind of moving to a different topic. I thought the reveal that the nightmare she was having was actually kind of a flash forward type thing. I thought that was really cool and that was really I was really surprised by that. Like I thought it was just like a nightmare. And I yeah. thought it was really neat that scene when she goes to sleep again or whatever happened and you know you start following that deer and having to rewind to avoid the obstacles and stuff i thought that whole scene was really really cool actually yeah yeah there's um uh there's a mechanic where uh you you can do stuff and there's puzzles like you know trying to spill paint on victoria and you have to get your time travel um uh you have time travel and get things in a certain order but i like that which what i feel is going to be a huge mechanic in the later episodes that you're walking up the hill and the tornado's coming and there's like trees and debris falling down that blocks your path that you can rewind it, but uh, walk past it. So at the very beginning, there's a tree that falls over. You rewind the tree falling over, walk past where the tree fell over because your your um, position in space doesn't change when time rewinds. So I, I thought that they had a really good balance between introducing new mechanics like that uh, as opposed to like just making the whole first episode a tutorial, I, I felt it was a really good balance that, you know, here's your time travel. Here's a, a special aspect of the time travel, how you're going to solve puzzles. The rest is just intro, uh, introduction to the characters. Mm-hmm. And I, and that was, that was really, um, really cool. I'm just going over my notes. If there's anything else that um, I really wanted to talk about, um, I thought it I re- was, Oh, go ahead. I really liked that the, so after that piece happens, uh, I just really liked that the end when there was it was kind of that like um, montage, um, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of felt like the end of a television episode. Like, it, you know, there were like, of course, the Telltale games always do like the next time on this game. But this was um, just kind of a much more immediate like this is what all the characters that I've just had some sort of effect on. This is what they're all doing and how they're all reacting to the fact that it's snowing in this place that never snows and everything like that. And then yeah. that fact that it went to like the next episode and it was like super short and it was just like, you just see Chloe on the train track and it's like, holy crap. Um, how did she get there? You know, uh, how did she get there? Really? Like, um, I don't know. And, and, and yeah, just in general, I feel like the game gave you f- when we kind of touched on this before, but it gave us 
way more freedom than a Telltale game typically does. Like Telltale kind of leaves you and you have pretty much have to do everything you can in these kind of small enclosed areas to mm-hmm. move on from them. Whereas this game kind of gave you much more freedom to talk and learn as much or as little as I wanted to do. Like, you know, at the beginning you can, I spent a ton of time in the yard, just literally talking to everyone that I was able to talk to and learning as much about them as I could and everything like that. Whereas I could have literally just pretty much run to the dorm room right from that point and missed all of that but i you know chose to instead experience all of these characters which i feel like they've um you know the people that don't nod have kind of really developed these kind of organic you know it was, you know one said and, and you guys noticed that the classroom was very small but i feel like almost every single person in the classroom has been really thoroughly developed and that was really mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. um yeah you know you say that that there's everything um you, you can learn as little or as much as you want. Um, there's there was a a moment once you get into the dorms and you find out that Victoria was trying to like steal Dana's boy or steal Juliet's boyfriend and blame it on Dana. And you go up and you try to defuse the situation and you're like, oh, you're talking to Juliet because she has Dana locked in her room. It's like, oh, what's going on? And you know, there's a back and forth and she's like, why do you care? You probably don't even know my last name. And they presented with four options and the way you could approach that was guess. Like I did, and get lucky, and that's what I have into me. Um, or you can guess, get wrong, rewind, guess, get wrong, trial and error. But actually, sorry to well, cut you off, but it gives you an option to pick the right name bec- if you pick it wrong and you rewind. Actually, oh really? Yeah, she goes, she goes. Oh, you. I don't remember what her name was, but she's like, oh, you don't even remember that my name is this. And then so when you rewind it it adds an option where oh. where she doesn't even get to the point where she asks you where she says you don't even know what my name is like when she at, at first oh, she accuses you of not caring and then all of a sudden it gives you an extra option that says of course i care so and so and she's like oh you knew my name okay okay that's so what that's, happened with mine at least that's interesting because um when i was talking to um the um one of the kids out in the front yard that's in your photography class and you wanted to see his portfolio well he's like all right well you want to see my portfolio, you have to answer this question. And, um, you know, I guess the first time and so he's like, nope, you got it wrong. Sorry. And then you had to rewind and guess again. So I just assume that's how it would present itself every time. But obviously it's different. Yeah, it depends. Because on that one, he doesn't give you the answer afterwards. He just kind of yeah. talks yeah, there to was, you. There was a few other instances like that, too, where after answering something wrong or whatever, you do learn what you were supposed to do. And then when you rewind it, it does give you an extra option. Okay, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't, that never uh, came about for me. But, um, but I noticed after I, Dude, that whole Julia Dana right all the thing time. was sorted, which <laughs> I am good at being right all the time. Uh, um, which, again, I, I think that's quite interesting that we're playing a game where there's like the most trivial, juvenile, like bullshit, high school bullshit, like a student trying to steal another student's boyfriend. It's just, it's so typical CW, and yet, I felt compelled to to go along with it. So it's obviously <laughs> done very well. But when when that whole situation was done, I was checking in the hallway and there was like a map that had names on all the dorms and you know like your name everyone's name and then there was like Juliet Matson or, or Watson and that that made me realize that you have to pay attention and look at everything because yeah, you could have time traveled but you, you don't have to if you're very observant. No no one one you you work in a high school um is besides like the the dialogue and the goings on um is is this an accurate representation of what it's like to be in high school um minus the time travel of course no 
No, it's not. Not even it's, not even um, the kids bringing guns. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, and I've taught, and I've, I've, I mean, I taught at Beverly Hills last year. Um, I did have uh, issues with drugs, but nothing with guns, and uh, we we did have a lot of uh, drama. The girls, really trivial shit that doesn't matter anywhere outside of those walls. So that, but in terms of the dialogue, for the not so much, not at all. My big thing was if if this girl is so I don't know, there was something about Max that I I, I was um, endearing about her, but still kind of annoyed by because I couldn't get over the fact that she looks like she's eleven, yeah, and that she's supposed to be an eighteen year old, right? And uh, even when she's talking with Chloe and I and towards the end of the game where they're talking about how she left and how I was in a uh, you know you left me by myself and then I had this other girl Amber who took like was like quote unquote my new best friend and your replacement I couldn't care too much about Chloe and what she had to go through because I, I felt there was so much they were trying to establish that these two girls had such a strong friendship I just couldn't buy into it there was just something about that that seemed like, how did these two girls ever get along in the first place? Because Max seems so reserved throughout this whole ordeal. And when you see it in contrast with Chloe, who's very outgoing, she has the tattoos, snaps back to her asshole stepdad. Like, I don't see how these two would have gotten along at all. And uh, there was nothing specific in their past other than the photographs that we get to dig through in a room. That makes me feel they have yeah. such a rich history that made me care so much about um, Chloe opening up towards the end of the game about how she, you know, how you really, how I felt when you were gone. So that was my thing. Uh, but other than that, I felt this game uh, was trying to figure out what it wanted to be. So at first, I like your description as a Diablo Cody film because that's kind of my vibe too. Like, damn, this Juno movie is really fucking dark. And as it progressed, I felt, oh shit, this is like fucking Groundhog Day. Oh no, it's not, because there's a tornado. This shit's Majora's <laughs> Mask. And then, and then, oh no, wait, it's a little bit like, you know, Prince of Persia, because I can rewind shit. <laughs> Holy fuck. I don't have to wait for the data end. And then when I get to the end credits, I'm like, I was wrong the whole fucking time, because this shit's Pokemon Snap. <laughs> Look, you know what? And we keep comparing it to all these other things, but you know what it really reminded me of was Donnie Darko, with the whole time travel oh, thing yeah. the tornado just that's coming um even how we were talking about at the end where it shows all the characters reflecting like looking outside while it's snowing reminded me of the end of donnie darko after he got crushed by the engine and it just flashed to like a slow pan I, of all i really like that characters while mad world played in the background i yeah, like yeah. i like the i like that end sequence where everyone's like everybody you've interacted with is just kind of like snow and i thought that was really well done I do want to admit something. I've never seen Donnie Darko. Um, <laughs> I'm a terrible geek. In fact, uh, I just saw a Rocky Horror Picture Show for the first time today. Oh, I haven't seen that either um, yet. Oh, well then, all right. Well then, so, not so, so yeah, bad. Yeah, you're not the only one. Yeah. The, 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 um, the one thing about um, the time travel uh, and stuff that was, I, I feel like could be completely ancillary to the story was small, small, Small happenings, like when you're in Chloe's house and the bird hits the window, you rewind time, open the window so the bird gets in, and there's this big glaring, this action will have consequences. And you're like, okay, what the fuck kind of, what what on earth could I 
gleam from a bird being in the house having a problem. Oh, this mm-hmm. is I was but, gonna email the I was gonna email Square to ask him because I don't want to play it all over again. But I think the bird affected the second to last picture in the journal. Oh well, see, I tried to take a photo of it, but I, I, it didn't give me the option to. Yeah, because it comes back right before, like once you go to the lighthouse, the bird. I think it's supposed to be the same bird. It comes back and lands on a rock, and then you could take a picture of it. Is I think what happens, but I would have to play through it again and then kill the let let the bird die and then go back to see if it affected it at all. But I think that's what happened. Technical difficulties with Skype. Severe technical difficulties with Skype. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, there's a problem with the call. We're going to edit this out. Uh, hold on. All right. Uh, we're back. Weird technical difficulties. Skype just kind of shit the bed. But Josh, you were saying that there, the, the bird comes back at the lighthouse at the end? I think so, because it's, it's the only other bluebird I saw. So I'm guessing that if you let the bird, if you save the bird, that it comes back right when you get to the lighthouse you know that space when you turn around there's like an empty space that you could walk around but there's really nothing there like it mm-hmm. lands on a rock and then you could take a picture of it and add it to the journal i that's it i think that's, that's what it does but i haven't tested it i haven't gone back and then tried to like not save the bird and then see if it if the same thing happens but i'm almost positive that that's the case mm, okay um but as i was saying like some of those consequences it, this big glaring pop-up this action will have consequences seem pretty trivial like the bird one there's other ones like when you're in chloe's garage and you find like that her dad has all these like pictures and documents on students at uh, blackwell there's a part where like you pull a file down and it falls into like a puddle of oil and then you can like read it look through the pictures but i personally rewound it so that her dad wouldn't see it because he seemed like a fucking nutbag that would you know if he saw that would go off um but if you do the action again it doesn't give you the option of stopping it. Like when you're in her room and you're looking for the CD and you pull the snow globe, the box down from the closet and the snow globe shatters and then you like read the report card that's in the box. Yeah, you gain that knowledge, but you rewind it so that uh, the you know, snow globe's not broken. If you choose to do that option again, you're still going to drop it on the floor. And I feel like that, that knowing the outcome of something like that, your character, your character should be ready. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I guess it would depend on whether or not they're planning on making that a like an actual plot point. Otherwise, it do- probably doesn't matter too much. I think the only purpose that it served was that it was evidence that there was someone in the room if you hid out while the dad was in there. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So it's probably not massively affecting the overall story, just a small like interaction. That's what I'm guessing. But I mean, I, I get okay. what you're saying, though, that common sense would dictate if she didn't mean to break the snow globe that if you did it again she should know that the snow globe's going to break if she does the exact same thing yeah yeah and and that's just the case um yeah i'm just going through my notes again i think i pretty much touched on everything that i wanted to touch on um the uh, oh yeah the one thing that i wrote in giant fucking letters is that um maxine's dorm room is gigantic <laughs> like i uh, it was it was huge it was huge she had a full bed a full desk a couch and there was you know so much room for activities in between um yeah is there anything else you guys specifically want to touch on or expand on um any any like negatives or positives that that you really enjoyed well first i want to make sure that everyone made sure to uh accomplish or um to perform that life-altering action of watering the plant because you never you never (laughs) know what's going to happen i had to re I had to rewind that one a few times for sure to make sure if, to you know to see if I really wanted to or not. But you never know that <laughs> yeah, that, that, that plant's going to save everybody 
once a tornado hits. It's like it's like the knowing. Yeah, right. No, but <laughs> you know, isn't it the happening? Or uh, no, the happening is the Nick Cage one. The knowing, or no, the happening was the Mark happening Wahlberg. is the Mark Wahlberg one. Okay, okay, yeah, I saw that in theaters. You did? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you were that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, me and my friend Dylan went to go see it, and he he had a perfect analogy that um um M Night Shyamalan is like being in an abusive relationship. You think he's going to change, and so you give him another chance, but he still punches you across the face. <laughs> That's that's brilliant. Yeah, but no, you were right. When you watered the plant, there's that big like pop up that this action will have consequences. Like what what what? what? I can't I can't foresee what that what that would would do. <laughs> but the only other thing, just wait till the storm comes, man. Like, the only other thing I wanted to mention is did anyone else catch the uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within reference? Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> no, where was it? If you examine Victoria's uh, TV, you... I think right. Yeah, she talks about. I think if you uh, examine Victoria's the... TV in her dorm room. She says something like, "Oh, I would love to have a TV like this, so I could watch, so I could watch Final Fantasy Spirits Within." I don't care what anyone says; that's the greatest sci-fi movie ever made. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I was laughing totally out loud decided. at that. <laughs> that's funny. That's that's funny. And you know what? Like that that is just like a nod to another Square property. But I think that that also is just kind of par for the course for the pretentiousness of some of the characters especially Maxine and how I feel like she is your your hipster by numbers running around with that uh, you know Polaroid camera she's a female Shane O'Hare uh, well see the thing the female or the female Shane O'Hare uh, would have much bigger boobs um, drive a fast car and have all the boys uh, did anyone else think it was me- did anyone else think this game up? would not be fun <laughs> what were you saying did Josh? anyone else think it was messed up that you kind of just left your friend like while he was getting his ass kicked yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was. Fucked. Hey, he texted you later though. Everything was all good. Yeah, like, he was he was such a fucking beta white knight. Yeah, I know. He yeah. It's just because it's just because he he wants you. That's the only reason why he, he's so friend zone. Yeah, I wrote down in my notes that I owe Warren a BJ. <laughs> and then you can rewind it and see if you really want to do it or not. Uh, no, well, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to do it, but you owe it to him. That's gross. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm do I guess um some of the negatives I have were the graphics felt a little stiff. Um, like um when you're waking up in the first storm sequence, Maxine's hair just feels like it's glued to her face and there's no there's no weight to it. The lip dubbing seemed really off. Yeah, um, it did. It, it just it seemed, Yeah, the dubbing was the the lip syncing was bad. It was it was really bad. Um but I feel like maybe that that could be something they could work on in the, the next episodes. Uh, um, and um, oh, one thing that I noticed is that um, when you're talking with Chloe in her room, um, she kind of accuses you of these things about like when you go to Seattle and she's like, oh, you abandoned me. There was a, a large chunk of that conversation that could have easily have been mitigated by just explaining and be like, no, 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 it's not like this. This is X, Y, Z. And then like, you know, yada, 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 which is, I, I guess, a trope of most movies and TV shows. It's like, it's like, oh, I hate you. I'm never talking to you again. And the res- the you know a healthy adult thing to do would be explain the the misconception or the misunderstanding. But no, you go on this 45 minute montage about trying to win the other party back. And I feel I feel like that if they just gave you the option, like you know, explain all the shit, it it would have just fixed that. But at the same time, we wouldn't have this character conflict. And why does she feel so abandoned? Because Max had to go to a different school. I, th- I think I think what it was in the game is that she said that M- Max never called her or contacted her for like five years while she was gone. 
So she went to the other school, but just ghosted on her and didn't talk to her. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, there was there was a couple other things. I think, um, um, did anybody get the World of Warcraft uh, reference in one of the texts to Warren? No. Okay, well, she, she, Maxine responded to Warren with, uh, with, uh, Keck, K-E-K, and if you guys are... Oh, I did notice that. I didn't know what it meant, though. Yeah, that's, um, um, in World of Warcraft, the Alliance and the Horde characters can't talk to each other, so, like, when you, if you're in all chat next to a Horde and you're an Alliance Mm -hmm. character, they just see gibberish, but if you type in LOL, they read it as Keck, K-E-K. Oh, really? So I thought that was... pretty funny. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Um... Yeah, is there anything else you guys want to touch on, Josh? You you touched on stuff. Uh, Juan, is there anything you wanted to touch on? Um, also, on the same vein of that plant, apparently there's a bird that we all kill. So, uh, save the bird. Wait, well, the, the, I saved the bird. The bird in the window? I didn't even know there was a bird in the window. <laughs> yeah, it's like you go into like I, Chloe's I, I, like I, mom's I, room or something. I'm sorry, and... I'm too concerned with the well-being. Yeah, forgive me. For being concerned about my time traveling powers and this giant fucking apocalyptic cyclone and hurricane that's gonna crush everybody in Seattle to save some fucking bird who can't fucking take care of itself. <laughs> so, my but, but you you didn't know that it you didn't know that it was a flash forward at that point. No, I I owe a huge apology to the Audubon Society. <laughs> I, I, I did not know that little creature was there, but I will make sure I'll go back in time and tell myself playing that game a. Rewind that portion of the game because in the future you're gonna look like an asshole that didn't save the bird and didn't water the plant. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> water the plant and you didn't save the bird and yet you consoled Victoria. I don't know what's wrong with you. I thought I knew you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I thought you were a human being. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Always second but guessing I, I options. But I loved. No, I love the game. I am gonna purchase the second episode. Uh, I'm curious to see where it goes. I, I I was late to getting hooked, like you. I, I thought it was a great opening. I really loved how the opening title sequence uh, introduced everybody else with the music. Mm-hmm. After that, it wasn't until I was at the house, um, like, and then when I saw the end, and it was teasing about all these, see all those little video cassettes with the people's names, and you see Amber's going up there. Yeah, that gave me the sense. Okay, now we're getting more into Rachel. Rachel. Uh, Ra- oh, Rachel. 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 Amber. Yeah. Yeah, Rachel Amber, because in the beginning of the game, that they kept throwing her name at you with all right, these fucking yeah, yeah, flyers. Yeah. I'm like, all right, there better be some payoff with this. And then until it just seemed like, oh, turns out Rachel Amber was kidnapped. And you would have thought, you know, if Rachel Amber disappeared around that girl, Max's school, and Chloe knew that Max went there, maybe she reaches out ahead of time and tells her, hey, there's this girl that I was friends with. She was in the area where you are. Do you know anything about this? Or at the very least, be careful. Because apparently, she's not the only girl that's disappeared. Because you see a row of fucking tapes there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would have been a bigger deal if you had a string of kidnappings and disappearances. Maybe this becomes more of an issue rather than a flyer on some really quiet private school. And You know, you say that that the the big like like presented gimmick for this game is that your consequences not only affect your future, they affect your past. So maybe by consoling and becoming friends with Chloe again, it'll give you the option to like, when you go back to the school in Seattle to make that conscious choice to reach out to her, to text to her so that when you oh. end up going back to Blackwell, she can be like, yeah, you should meet my friend, uh, Rachel, you know, she's really awesome. And then you might be able to stop the, um, 
the the kidnapping or missing or like what whatever happened to her. That'd be interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And I think I think like that that stack of videotapes that I, I really liked how that was pre- presented, where you see this shelf of videotapes and then somebody puts one labeled Rachel up on the shelf. I think I liked how that was presented to you. And I feel yeah. I feel like now that you mentioned it, the, the security guard was a super weird dude. He had notes and docs on a bunch of the students. I think it's going to turn out that he is trying to find out why these people are missing. Um, and he might he might become a good guy or fuck it. He might even be the perpetrator himself. Who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. I think he's the red herring or like, you know, like uh-huh. the, where he's being set up to be the guy we all expect to be the the antagonist here. But yeah, it's going to be somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I'm just going, I'm just basically my, my dislikes were it, the, the universe felt like indie game or indie movie, the game. Um, the dialogue was kind of weird. Um, again, it just, I'm not a fan of like those kind of like coming of age movies. I, I don't like, um, Diablo Cody and her writing like Juno in those films. So I guess. I guess that's my biggest complaint. I and I wasn't on board with the, the game until the absolute end, and then I was stuck. So what do you what do you guys, yeah, I guys do, I, final I, thoughts? I dug, uh, Derek? I dug the whole thing. I can't wait. For, I can't wait for more. I really can't wait for more. I was into it right from the beginning, and uh, you know these kids. The, I I was into the dialogue for the most part. These kids talk like Canadian kids do, apparently. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the twist Stay at the end Canada. was super. The the twist at the end was really rad, and. Um, yeah, no, I, I I love the setup, and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. So I, um, I might even play through it again, but uh, then I might, then again, I might not. But <laughs> I might. And what, what, in any know, case, I thought like, I thought about doing that myself, but with these games, I feel like it's mostly narrative driven, and I like to consume these types of narratives very slowly. So I might I might play it again, but like a year mm-hmm. down the road. That's true. Yeah, but I, oh, once you have a complete picture of what it's going to look like, right? Yeah. Yeah, Josh, but yeah, it definitely took. Um, I I loved it almost from beginning to end um just to say again yeah I, I got this really big indie vibe like i got to a point where i thought zach braff had funded this on kickstarter but <laughs> i mean once i kept you know once it continued and it started building all of these different plot points and mysteries that have that are leaving you hanging so it's like i'm really excited to see what's going to happen with the next one i really want to see how mm-hmm. the principal and the um the one kid with the gun's going to play into everything how um Chloe's father is going to play into everything and how that's all going to wrap into this time traveling apocalyptic storyline mixed with yeah. this coming of age drama plot. And also yeah, I'm uh, really curious uh, to oh, see how why sorry. Victoria seems to hate Amber so much too. So um yeah, that's that's interesting. I I feel like Victoria is going to like open up to you and you're going to She's going to be an ally at the end. Well, not me because I, I, I made I get fun of her vibe. after the paint fell on her, but that's just me. Yeah, well, now now it's going to come and bite you in the ass. No, it was worth it. <laughs> uh, Juan, your final thoughts? Uh, I overall was very impressed. Um, I, this is something that I'm definitely going to be playing more of. And as, as the hardest part is sticking to my gut reaction. Yeah. And not letting the game make me second guess because I'm playing this game strictly from the teacher perspective of how I would want my students to react. Yeah. So if I see the security guard giving a girl a hard time, I know that in the future that if this comes up with administration or police, they're going to need evidence. So my getting involved, like intervening 
is not going to do much. You know, so take a photograph. And I figured, hey, this game is screaming at me that Max wants to be a photographer, that, you know, you have to capture life. You know, and what's the quote in the beginning that life is a series of uh, pictures? Mm -hmm. If it tells me the option to take a picture, I'm taking a picture. And if that girl's pissed at me for not intervening, what does she want me to do? Like, use my flash on him? Like, <laughs> the guy has a he has security guard. He's He says he's a vet. So there's nothing I'm going to do. So let her be pissed. But she'll be happy once she gather, I gather evidence against the guy. Same thing with Chloe in the closet. Like, she said she wanted backup. I'm like, bitch, you just told me that it would have been worse if I intervened. Yeah. You made a big deal about me hiding. And now you're going to complain that I didn't intervene? Fuck you. Now I know why I left your ass five years ago. <laughs> cold-blooded, Juan. You're one cold-blooded guy. Well, that, uh, I see what you did. But, you know, I wanted to make sure Josh understands that I'm not all nice, that I can't be a bitch. Snap, snap, snap. I think, I think you were bitchy in the parts where I was nice, and then I was bitchy in the parts that you were nice. Hmm. We're like the yin and yang bitches. Yeah. We should, like, and then- we should combine and make like the ultimate bitch or the ultimate nice person depending on what you're we we, we become shane o'hare <laughs> <laughs> oh that is uh you would have to uh, ascend to my level yeah, d- God, dep- depending yeah, depending say. on what side we're on we'd either be uh shane or Derek. yeah that's right that's right I, yeah that's right um <laughs> um yeah i think we're all definitely gonna play it again uh or second episode so i think um we might have to come back and do another bonus episode where we deconstruct it because I feel just having this conversation that our opinions are so um, different. Different. Well, here's what I was. I while we were talking, I ordered the. I'm going to do a little plug here. The Elgato game capture device. Mm. Oh, nice. So, so I was thinking in the future, maybe not episode two when that was released because it's six weeks until we get the new one, right? Mm-hmm. What if we did a live stream of us playing the game? Mm-hmm. I'll I'll have you guys on Skype. You tell me what to do. Oh, okay, okay. We'll ourselves fun. in certain sections, and we could do it live. And if people, so we could do this, uh, and we'll record it and we'll put it on the site. I think that'd be good. I think that'd be good. Uh, we can just um... and we can experience the whole story together. Yeah. Hmm. All right then. Well, guys. Um. Uh. That was bonus uh, bonus level one, bonus stage one. Um, you know, as always, you can find us at geekscape.net. Derek is uh, going to have a written review up that we're going to have. I'm going to put my contributions in. Um, but you can find yeah. you can find us uh, on Twitter at Geekscape Games. I am at Shane O'Hare. Uh, I am at D. Cranerville. At Inu Joshua. At the King of Mars. And a big thank you to the people at Square Enix for supplying the codes. Yes, thank thank you, yeah, thanks, thank you, Square. They um they put out a very very good product, and it it deserves everybody's money to at least give it a try. Um, because you know, like, and it's only twenty bucks for a season pass. That's a great deal. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna spend more money on the Starbucks and you know bullshit that you're not gonna enjoy uh than having this this experience in your life. So, uh, I guess that's it. Uh, we'll see you guys later this week for our regular episode, uh, level seventeen. And um, in six weeks, we'll have bonus stage two. Maybe we'll have another bonus stage in between. Um, uh, hit us up on Twitter, on the Geekscape website, um, on the Geekscape subreddit, and just let us know um, what you think about this. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts if you played this game, which I definitely say we're all vastly different gamers and we enjoyed it for different aspects. That I th- I'm pretty sure it's going to be hard for somebody not to enjoy this game at some point. 
So play it. We want to hear your opinions. Um, if you think we're wrong, tell us we're wrong. If you agree with us, agree with us. But um, as always, you can come back and we'll see you later this week. Bye, everybody. Right. I'm off to go Bye, watch Ray. Spirits Bye. Within now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what everyone else says. It's the best sci-fi movie yet.